Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And the panic button has officially been pushed. It's been pushed. It's been slammed. It's probably been jammed a little bit by pushing it so much by all these Red Storm fans on Twitter, uh, in the media elsewhere, and on this podcast. Nervous, nervous, nervous that this thing might actually happen. The Red Storm might actually collapse and lose out and miss out on the NCAA tournament. They've done a good job playing themselves right back near the bubble, still in the tournament, but definitely on the bubble in recent times with their two-game losing streak to Xavier and DePaul. And now we wait and we see where the next step in this disappointing season will take us. The latest disappointment, a 92-83 loss to DePaul last weekend. Not going to recap that one. Uh, It's a little bit too late for that one. And two, I just have no interest in talking about that game, how disappointing the effort was, how how dumb some of the mistakes were, how the lack of adjustments, uh, the whole nine yards to play out in what has been an incredibly disappointing season and an incredibly disappointing Big East run, and especially down the stretch for the Red Storm. But as of this moment, yes, they are still in the NCAA tournament. They do still have a very clear path to the NCAA tournament, and it basically is just win one more game. They might not even have to win another game. Uh, if you saw Jerry Palm tweeted out or uh, wrote an article today saying he thinks that St. John is in. St. John's is in regardless. They do not have to win another game in his mind, and they are in the tournament. Other people have them a little bit closer. Joe Lenardi has the Red Storm right on his uh, bubble. He has them as the last four buys. So at the very least, if St. John's needs to avoid that playing game, they got to win another game. They got to find a way to win another game. And it starts this Saturday against Xavier on the road in a tough spot. Xavier's been playing well recently. They just beat Villanova in that building a couple weeks ago. So it's not going to be easy for the Red Storm. And then the Big East tournament is going to be the biggest crapshoot of all time because as unpredictable as this conference has been, you don't even know who you're playing yet. You'll find out in about 48 hours. But as of right now, you have no clue who you're going to be playing in the Big East tournament. You could match up very well with one of those teams that's given you issues all season long. And the panic button has been pushed because we are all nervous that this collapse might actually happen. But... We're going to be a little bit more positive today because we are going to break down the Red Storm's uh, bracket projections, I guess. We're going to figure out where they slot right now. We're going to see uh, where they can go with a couple wins down the stretch. We're going to see where they can fall with a couple losses down the stretch. And we're going to do that all with Chris Dobertine of SB Nation. He's the resident bracketologist over there and the editor of Blogging the Bracket. 
That is their bracketology site over there. He does an outstanding job, so check out his brackets as well while you're panting to yourself over these next couple of days wondering where the Red Storm are going to be, hear their names called, if they're going to hear their names called at all on Selection Sunday. You can check out his bracket as well as all the other ones that you, I'm sure, check out. But we will break it all down with Chris, and we will see where the Red Storm are currently and where they can go or where they can fall with a couple wins or a couple losses down the stretch. So that's going to be the goal of today's episode. But at the end of the day, the Red Storm just need a win. Just one more win, and you're definitely in the tournament, and no one can say anything about you getting in. You're in the tournament. Just win one more. And honestly, make it easy and win against Xavier. You know, Xavier, like I said, it's going to be a tough game for the Red Storm. The Musketeers are playing very, very well. The Musketeers are a team that has looked very, very good down the stretch. I know that they fell against Butler earlier this week, but they have looked a lot better down the stretch than they did early in Big E's play. And they have looked very, very good, or they have looked good at home the last time that we saw them play at home against Villanova. So it's not going to be easy. But at the end of the day, if you're St. John's and you want to be a tournament team, take care of business. Show some heart. Show some leadership, but yeah, show some heart that we saw earlier this season. That we saw in those comebacks against Cal and VCU and that domination of Rutgers and that comeback against Georgia Tech and that emotional win over Marquette. Show some of that heart if you're the Red Storm. And take care of business and win this tough game and don't leave any sort of doubt as to where you go heading into the Big East tournament and then you're just playing the Big East tournament and seeing where you go. Because if you're St. John's, and in the back of your mind you know, hey, this could actually happen. We could lose out and miss out on the tournament. You know that it's in the back of your minds. You do not want to go into the Big East tournament with that on your minds. You do not want to go into the Big East tournament thinking, oh my God, if we lose our first round game, we might actually miss the tournament. You do not want to do that. So take care of business against Xavier, and then we don't even have to worry. And the players don't have to worry, and no one has to worry. They will be in the tournament. I don't care how it happens. The Red Storm just need a win in that game. But we're not going to preview that game as much in this episode. Like I said, we're going to break down uh, where the Red Storm stand right now in the bracket and where they can go or where they can slip going forward. We're going to do that all with Chris Dobertine. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Chris. And I will be back at the end of this show to uh, wrap it all up. So here he is, Chris Dobertine, resident bracketologist at SB Nation. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, we're now joined by Chris Dobertine. Of SB Nation. He is the resident bracketologist over there and the editor of bloggingthebracket.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Dobertine. Chris, thank you for uh, taking a couple of minutes, I'm guessing, out of your very busy schedule this time of year to uh, talk with us about St. John's bubble chances. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, this. It's a little quieter now. We will we'll really pick up when we get to next week, but we still have a little bit of bring the room right now. <laughs> so, so we caught you at a good time, I, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we will still cut right to the chase. We don't want to take up too much of your uh, of your time tonight. We are obviously a St. John's basketball podcast. Uh, you did release uh, newer bracketology, release bracketology uh, every couple days. You have the new one out today. So why don't you tell us where you have St. John's slotted right now in your bracket and if you don't mind giving you know a little bit of an explanation as to why like you do uh, in your columns if you don't mind. 
Well, I have St. John's right now as the 40th ranked team in the brackets and the very last 10 seed. And you kind of look at the profile, and the net isn't all that great. You know, 62nd. In the old days under the RPI, that would kind of be in borderline selection territory. We don't really know how it's going to go with the new number, so we're just kind of going with that. But the one thing that really has is working to St. John's advantage is a whole lot of quality wins. They have five quarter on wins. You know, the sweep over Marquette, a nice, you know, non-conference win over VCU from back in November, a win over Villanova, you know, a couple other, you know, nice quadrant, two wins over fellow bubble teams, Creighton, Butler, and Seton Hall, a sweep of the Blue Jays, which will be very helpful, I think, mm-hmm. in the coming days. And that really kind of gives St. John's a nice advantage. A lot of other teams on the bubble don't have that many quality wins. A couple negatives, you know, being swept by DePaul, you know, home losses to Providence and Georgetown, and just kind of the recent, you know, the recent run they've been on where they've only won one game in their last four. Mm. That's kind of putting them down a little bit when they were kind of in that 8-9 range, you know, a week and a half ago or so. Mm. I I was going to hold off on this until later, but I I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this now. Um... You know, how, how much stock in your bracket do you give towards the net ranking? You know, it's kind of a, a newer thing. Obviously, as you said, St. John's is a little bit lower, you know, w- without obviously giving away, you know, your formula or what you use to, you know, uh, come to your decisions. W- you know, what what metrics do you maybe put ahead of the net or behind the net? Like, like where does the net factor in for you in your decision-making process? Uh, since I'm trying to replicate what the committee does, I take the net very seriously, mm-hmm. you know, more than anything else. I kind of go back and I think back to that sneak preview they did of the bracket mm-hmm. of the top four seed lines a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and, and kind of build my decisions off that. And you kind of think about how they structured things and where they had your top, your top 16 teams on the net, only 14 of those ended up being on the top four seed lines a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And there were reasons for that. It was mostly because of scheduling based on, you know, the number of quality wins teams had. And really we can kind of carry the emphasis the committee has had on quality wins over the past two or three years in particular into this current season and, and kind of use that to build the rest of the bracket out. Mm. And let's now talk, you know, cause, cause now that we have your, uh, the way that you build your bracket, let's talk a little bit about uh, St. John's and that doomsday scenario. You know, if we were talking about St. John's maybe about a week ago or eight days ago at this moment, uh, I think that they were pretty much, you know, squarely in the, in the NCAA tournament, you know, barring disaster. Now disaster is kind of starting to strike a little bit with those two straight losses. You know, Red Storm fans are maybe a little bit more pessimistic, might be worrying about the scenario where they lose against Xavier and then lose in the Big East tournament. Um, I've seen some bracketologists kind of go either way. I saw Jerry Palm yesterday say he thinks that St. John's is in, you know, no matter what. Where do you stand on that? Do you think that there's any chance that they miss the tournament, or are they pretty much in, in your eyes? Uh, I think they're pretty close to being in. Uh, I think that, yeah, the way the Big East is kind of structured thing this year where you have a lot of really kind of quick rematches, like St. John's playing Xavier twice in the span of about 10 days, (laughs) is a little bit weird. Uh (laughs) Um, And I think that could be a potential issue. But I think, like I said, the quality wins, the quad one wins are there that a lot of other bubble teams aren't going to have, you know, even with, you know, the slightly weaker non-conference strength of schedule. I think that the Red Storm should be in pretty good shape and would really probably need to worry. They'd have to worry about a whole bunch of things going wrong. Not only, you know, maybe losing around the Big East tournament, but, you know, some weird kind of things happening in other conference tournaments, mm-hmm. some mid-major favorites like 
Wofford and Gonzaga and Buffalo and Lipscomb and Nevada and teams like that all losing in their conference tournaments. <laughs> so, you know, other mid-majors would be kind of getting in, you know, to kind of squeeze out at-larges. So that would be kind of more the doomsday, doomsday scenario I'd be worried about if I were a St. John's fan. Yeah, so basically an abnormal number of bid stealers essentially would kill them if, if, if yeah. it came to that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm still just a little like like you you've. You've made me feel comfortable, but I, you know, as a St. John's fan, I know where this team goes, and I'm just I'm still a little bit worried, and I think everyone is as well. Um, we can go now to look at the positive side of things, I guess, for St. John's, and let's talk about a hypothetical where the Red Storm uh, take care of business against Xavier and then go on this run and win the Big East tournament. Now, I, I don't see that happening. I, I'm sure you would agree. Just because they haven't played consistent enough all year in my yeah. eyes to win three straight or maybe even four straight, or in this hypothetical, I guess it would be three, win three straight games, play three straight good games, and win the Big East tournament. But if it does happen, uh, what is the highest potential seed that you think St. John's could get up to uh, on Selection Sunday? Uh, I think depending on the matchups, I think that really you're kind of looking at a six or a seven mm-hmm. as kind of being the max out. So being exactly you know reversing that the, the jersey color from that ten matchup they're currently in right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that that to me just seems like kind of where they would be. I think there's enough room there with the teams that are there right now, um, especially some of them that are really struggling like right now. Like Iowa State's on the seven line mm-hmm. and really is kind of falling apart. Iowa has really fallen off a cliff you know they were looking at like a four seed not too long ago and are probably going to be an eight nine game right yeah. now mm-hmm. louisville and baylor and other couple teams that aren't being very consistent um i think st john's could really definitely be ahead of, well ahead of them if, if they end up winning the biggest tournament but i think the top 20 or so in the bracket or so are really so set that it's going to be really hard to crack that that group yeah and even even of you know a couple games a couple wins in a row and you know maybe another win against marquette that probably wouldn't be enough you're, you're correct i think you're definitely correct yeah that um i'll ask you now to kind of put on your your forecaster hat for a second i want to know uh on selection sunday what's the most likely seed that you see st john's getting all things being equal you know as we mentioned before you know a a normal number of bid stealers or no bid stealers you know uh what's the most likely spot that you see st john slotting into I think they end up on the nine line. I think when all of a sudden, I think they probably end up, you know, taking care of business against against Xavier tomorrow, and then winning at least one game in the Big East tournament. Now I think it'll get them in a position where they can get on that eight that dreaded eight nine matchup, <laughs> but on the lower seeded side of things. Mm-hmm. Now. If you're in St. John's position right now where you have them as a 10, I, I think most people would agree they're about a 10 or an 11 right now. Would you almost rather be, because uh, in my opinion, I would much rather be, I think, an 11 than an 8-9 for sure. Because at least in this season, and you can correct me if, if you think otherwise, I don't think that the difference between you know a 6 seed is, is that great between an 8 seed, let's say or a nine seed even. And, and then obviously in the second round, then you don't have to play one of those one seeds. You can play a three where I think that the margin is obviously a little bit greater. So where do you fall on that? You know, would, would you almost rather see if, if, if you were a St. John's fan, would you almost rather be in that six eleven matchup to, you know, avoid playing in the playing game, but obviously, you know, a little bit lower seated. Yeah, well, let's take a look at the three seeds I have right now. We have LSU, whose coach was just indefinitely suspended. (laughs) We have Houston, who is just a major mystery just because of their conference. We have Kansas, who is not who who is going to be my pick to really kind of go out in that round of thirty-two because they do not play anywhere near as well away from Lawrence as they as you know as they do at home Mm -hmm. this year. And they and you have Purdue, who's 
you know, kind of an inconsistent team of late. So that's if you're an 11 seed, you got to be feeling very confident, kind of going in. If you can knock off that six, that you have a shot to maybe make the Sweet 16 out of any one of those pods, giving what's going on with each of those programs right now. Exactly, and I think for St. John's, the the absolute ceiling that anyone could reasonably expect right now would be a Sweet 16 appearance. And when you when you mention those four teams, uh, like none of them make me feel like St. John's would have no chance of, of beating them. I think that you know, whereas if they matched up with a one, we saw them against Duke. You know, given in, in Cameron Indoor Stadium, they were completely overmatched. I don't think yeah. that would be the case against any of those three seeds. No, I mean, really, and really, the, the three seeds and the top two two seeds, because it's going to be a group of six teams really that's probably going to end up there with Virginia, Gonzaga, Kentucky, or Tennessee, Duke, or North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you draw one of those top two two seeds as a 7-10, you're in really big trouble yourself. Mm-hmm. So... That, those would be kind of the matchups I'd avoid, but you kind of look at the three line, and that's like, you know, almost a piece of cake comparatively to those top six teams nationally. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I think anyone would look a little bit uh, uh, meek compared to, you know, Duke and Carolina and, and Virginia and th- those types of teams. But I, I think I, I would agree. I would much rather not have to play them ever, really, really if, if, yeah. if it came down to that. Um, I'll have one more question for you, but it's, it's a long one now. I want to know... Uh, your your forecast for the Big East, obviously, uh, Villanova and Marquette are, are in the tournament. That's not a question. St. John's likely in the tournament. I think Seton Hall has a very good chance as well. Uh, but where do you fall on, you know, Seton Hall, uh, Butler, Georgetown, Creighton? Uh, where do you see those? You know, how many teams do you see the Big East getting in? And where do you see those teams kind of slotting? I think it's probably going to end up being four. I think that Seton Hall probably has the best shot of the rest mm-hmm. just because they have, you know, three really high-quality wins in Kentucky and Maryland. And then, you know, they, they've gone a long time, you know, without picking one of those up until they beat Marquette the other night. Yep. And they have another shot at one on Saturday with Villanova. And, you know, they win that game. I think they're pretty well locked up just because, you know, that's a good set of wins to have, you know, when you're comparing yourself with all the bubble teams out there. It's going to be a lot more difficult for Creighton and for Butler just because they ju- they don't have those wins. I mean, you look at Creighton and they're two and ten against Quad One. They have only one win over a team that's really definitely in the field, you know, over Marquette, which they just got, you know, a week ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look at Butler, and it's you know pretty much the exact same story. You know, their Quad One record is one and ten, so even worse. <laughs> and you know, their best win is they have two wins over teams potentially in the field. You know, Ole Miss in Florida, and then you can add, maybe add another with, with you know St. John's and Seton Hall. So that's maybe four, but they only had that one really good marquee win, and and, I, and that's kind of a questionable one at that. So that's a team I think that really you know has to do a lot of work in the Big East tournament to really have a good shot. Both Creighton and Butler kind of fit in that in that category for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what fascinates me about the Big East this season is obviously we we don't even really know any of the matchups in the in the tournament, but no. Yeah, a team like Creighton or a team like Butler, I could maybe not see them winning, but I can definitely see them, you know, reaching a final in the Big East tournament just because the way the conference has been this season. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It really is. There, uh, there are so many matchups, not only on the season finale day of Saturday, that could really kind of, you know, mess things up. But, you know, the bracket could really just completely torpedo teams' chances mm-hmm. at actually earning a bid because there are just so many kind of strange matchups that could be thrown up with all the, the different tiebreaker scenarios that are out there. 
Mm, exactly. Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, giving us a couple minutes here tonight and uh, helping us break down St. John's and the Big East as a whole. Uh, one more time, you can follow Chris at Chris Daubertine on Twitter. You can check him out, bloggingthebracket.com. Uh, he does, obviously, uh, bracketology, and I'm sure St. John's fans want to get their eyes on any bracketology that they can uh, at this time of the year. But uh, th- thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for having me on, Troy. All right. Have a good one. You too. Okay, we are back, and one once more, a big thanks to Chris Daubertine there of SB Nation for coming on and chatting about the Red Storm tournament prospects and the Big East as a whole, uh, tournament chances, how many teams will get in, and where they can slot. As I said, you can check him out and his bracket out at Blogging the Bracket. You can uh, follow him on Twitter as well, Chris Daubertine, and uh, check out his bracket down the stretch. I'm sure that we're all going to be interested in seeing where the Red Storm slot down the stretch. But, you know, as I said, looking forward to this weekend now, just get a win. Any By any means necessary, get a win if you're the Red Storm and you're in the NCAA tournament. You know, we'll, we'll see where they end up slotting. You know, if they if they do win and then don't put out a great uh, Big East tournament performance, but at the end of the day, you are definitely in. If you if you just win this game against Xavier, you are in. That's all that this part of I think that that the uh, that all these bracketologists, that's all the selection committee probably wants to see from the Where Red Storm is just one more win. That's all you got to do is one more, get to 500. Um, you know, I think we would all agree that this has been an incredibly disappointing uh, Big East run. For St. John's, it's been frustrating. It seems like every every single chance that they've gotten to you know take that next step, they've failed. So we will see now again, really trying to build yourselves back up here. You know, this isn't about taking that next step. This is about saving this season from being a colossal disappointment to just so far a disappointment. And now we'll see if they can redeem themselves. So we'll see about that. Um, you know, I've been disappointed about this team. I'm sure that we all have, but. There is a big-time chance for them to redeem themselves, not only this weekend, but next week in the Big East Tournament. And then if they can reach the NCAA Tournament, you know, there's a shot at redemption right there. And I think that you could call this season a success depending on the results of the Big East Tournament and the results of the NCAA Tournament. There is certainly still time, in my opinion, to save this season. And I'm not saying save this season by going on this magical run, you know, to the Final Four. Because I don't, I even I don't see that happening. But at the end of the day, you know, if you put out a good performance in the Big East tournament and you put out a good performance in the eventual NCAA tournament, there is still a chance to save this season from being what has so far been a disappointment. So we'll see where the Red Storm go from there. We'll see how they perform uh, this Saturday against Xavier. And I'll probably have a preview show up for the Big East tournament, but we will uh, cross that road when we get to it. We don't even have a clue where St. John's are going to play, when they're going to play, uh, you know, who they're going to play against. So, so we will definitely uh, find out about that in the coming days now once the Big East regular season wraps up. And that just about wraps up our show for today as well. So thank you all for listening. Thank you to Chris Daubertine for coming by once again and breaking down the St. John's tournament hopes. And we hope that you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, we will see where the Red Storm go from here. And for now, though, it's all up in the air. And the St. John's Red Storm just need a win at the end of the day. That's all that we need is a win. So I'll be back next week with a Big East tournament preview. 
and uh, we'll probably break down some of those games, do a, like a rapid reaction to some of those games, depending on how far they make it and when they play. But uh, that just about wraps up our show. So I hope you guys enjoyed, and let's go, Johnnies.